I believe that we had to use that frequency to communicate eons ago. And now we're just basically getting back in touch with what that frequency feels like. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard And we've got a really cool episode today. This one's a bit different than some of the ones we usually do, but you're going to love it. I have with us today, Bill Phillips. He's one of the most well-known psychic mediums on earth. He's the author of Expect the Unexpected, Signs from the Other Side. And he's here to talk to us today about his newest book, Soul Searching. Tune in to spirit and awaken your inner wisdom. His life's mission is to help people deal with the grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, evidential information, and beautiful messages from spirit, which heal and bring a sense of peace. He conducts individual and small and large group readings, and he has appeared on some high-profile television programs like Dr. Phil and Access Hollywood. He lives out in Orange County, California, but he's here with us today. Bill, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, I am excited about this. I can't wait to talk about your book. Uh, You know, and I always ask my guests to peel back the layers, the onion, hop in the time machine, whatever metaphor we're using of the day, and kind of find out their superhero origin story. But you really are kind of a superhero because you can do things uh, that most people really can't do. And, you know, I think about, I I heard this story once of a, a famous American psychic by the name of Edgar Cayce, who like knocked his head or had a fever one day was like everything was just normal and then got bonked on the head and the next day he could do some of the things that you could do so i'm curious was this something that you were born with did it just did you know did uh an apple fall and hit you in the head one day and and now you're psychic tell us about this yeah that's a great question i believe that i was born with this but like with anyone who has this type of ability or connection, there's usually some type of event that happens on our path of life that kind of breaks open our way of thinking about things, about life. And so for me, as a young child, um, I was, uh, you know, I went through a lot of trauma in my earlier years as a child. I was kidnapped. I was taken back and forth across the country. Um, And my earliest memories of spirit was when I was probably four years old or so. And I remember um, going to sleep at night and being so scared of what I was seeing around me, which were these faces that would just be floating around me in the room, the mouths moving. Um, Sometimes I would see colored eyes and I didn't know what to make of it. And my mother at the time told me that I had watched too many scary movies. Um, And so eventually I began to believe that sort of programming. 
And so it subsided for, for a period of time. Even though I was still having experiences, I tried my best to kind of push it away as a child. Um, but one thing that always really was uh, a big support for me during that time of my childhood was I always felt protected by an energy source, what I refer to now as the white light and um, or, the, or this force field of energy. And I remember in my darkest times throughout my childhood, being able to sort of morph into that um, visualization of it and the feeling of it. And so flash forward um, several years later, my mother passed away unexpectedly. Um, and so I was able to see her after almost six years of being apart from her. And I was able to say goodbye to her on her deathbed. And I thought my life had been completely ruined at that point. Um, but little did I know, two nights later, I woke up to her in the room with me. And it was very, uh, it was a very surreal experience. Um, one Something that I will never forget. And from that point forward, I began to have all of this um, this thirst for information about what I was experiencing. And I was only 15 years old. So um, I was still running from it. I was still not sure of it. And then uh, flash forward three more years from that standpoint, I found myself in this metaphysical bookshop one evening randomly. Uh, I, I happened to stumble across it and they were doing a, a little mini class on mediumship. And I I walked out first, but something told me to walk back in and I did. And I was put basically to the test with a complete stranger. And I just revealed to her what was coming to me. It was very natural for me. It wasn't like what I had experienced watching television or The Sixth Sense or how pop culture had um, made it out to be. Um, and what was revealed is that in that moment, this woman's best friend who had passed from a um, an overdose, suicide, came through and shared very, very specific details with me. And from that moment forward, I recognized there was something going on here. So I, um, I was practicing with friends of friends at the time, but I was also, before this revelation, I was going to school to be an opera singer too. Music was my passion. And so, um, I ran from this. I wasn't ready to accept it yet. And I went to school at a conservatory of music and lo and behold, spirit followed me there. <laughs> They've always followed me. Um, and uh, it was very clear. It was abundantly clear um, when I was there, especially when I graduated, um, that this was my calling and my life's path and the rest is history. You know, it's funny as a psychologist, if somebody to walk, were to walk into a clinician's office and say, yeah, I'm seeing forced fields and you know, shadows, spirits, the immediate reaction for the average clinician is to have you hospitalized, put you on antipsychotic medication, right? And so as this was coming around to you as a teenager, I imagine you had those kind of external forces big time really as a, as a confusing presence because, you know, a, a teenager grasping with this, it must have been very difficult for you. It was very difficult. And, and I feel looking back at it in hindsight and something that I feel so many people go through as well, because I firmly believe that we've all come into this world 
open and receptive and to be channels for ourselves and to be sort of tuned in to the other side. But there's a there's a societal pressure that happens and a programming that happens, you know. And so in high school and in my earlier years, um, I was I was afraid to share my experiences, you know. And I know that so many people nowadays, as we are collectively evolving, are going through the exact same thing where they're having their own experiences. They're having them younger as well. And they don't have a support system really to share those experiences with, you know? And so I, I know firsthand what that felt like. And, and it caused a lot of fear and doubt at the time. I think that was just a normal reaction as a teenager. Sure. You know, and, and like I said, we don't do a ton of these kind of episodes. We have a lot of science-based people on. I'm a scientist. So mediumship you know and i always remember the scene from ghostbusters right with bill murray and he's got the cards and he's shocking people and he's just trying to impress the girl but there has been science around this stuff and increasingly so increasingly science around the metaphysical world i i'd love for you to share with us any that you happen to be aware of that that the audience could, could learn about you know, um, this brings me right away to um, Dr. Gary Schwartz, actually, who um, wrote a book years ago called The Afterlife Experiments. Um, and he went through and he uh, scientifically, um, you know, documented several mediums and, and their readings. Um, and so I know that he led a lot of research and he has for, for several decades, I believe, too. And that was quite interesting as well. But you know, something about um, mediumship and, and um, metaphysics is that even though science is starting to have more of an understanding of it, it's still not an exact science, you know, and I feel like part of that is just because it's supposed to be divine, supposed to be in nature, mystical, you know, and more, more of an internalized feeling. Um, but I, I definitely feel that um, through research and through brain scans that Medicine is seeing that there's something there, you know, not only that, but also um, there's been so many documented experiences about people having these near-death experiences as well, especially when they're on the operating room table where they left their body. They were able to describe things in very vivid detail of what they saw, you know, and a lot of them saw this really intense white light when they went through that, 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 that experience. So, um, I, I feel like the one thing that I'm seeing around the board as a commonality is this light source. And I think that as science begins to um, understand more of this realm, there's going to be a very strong connection with just light energy and with, with this light source as the connection to everything that we're experiencing. Very well said. Um, I want to I shift gears a little bit and spend some time talking about soul searching. So this book, you've written several books. Why this book? What was the, the reason that you were compelled to write it? This happened during a time in the world where the world basically shut down, you know, and um, there was a lot of fear in the world. And so I began... Um, I began going in with spirit and asking what I could do to sort of help elevate people out of their fear. And it, and it began with these meditations that I was doing virtually for people all over the world. And at that time, I kept getting more guidance on 
basically how to live in this world more consistently, how to live in the space of spirit and how to and how to access it and really to show people that it's a lot more simple than people think it is. And so from that standpoint, I, I began to get these downloads about different um, visualizations and different meditations that I really felt would help expand people's consciousness and to expand their awareness, their own personal awareness. And for me, that's the first step in having that awakening is understanding first what's going on within and making sense of it, right? And so I wanted to share with people through my own life's journey taking it one step further on what has worked for me throughout the years, you know, and how I balance my day to day, because I do this work almost every day of my life, actually. So um, I I wanted, I, I wanted there to be a guidebook for everyone else around me, but also as well, a guidebook for myself too, as a reminder when I may have needed it myself moving forward. So it's also become my guidebook through time as well, which is just such a gift. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that. So uh, the world is no less stressful now uh, than it was before. So uh, it's probably more stressful in a lot of ways. So take us through this, you know, give us some kind of the key tenants, uh, some strategies people can use and really um, how they can find that calm in, in the storm that is the world. It's a great question. And the the biggest concept in soul searching is that um, when we're able to go within and understand what our inner world looks like, and we're able to really redirect our energy from within, then we're able to see how that is a direct manifestation of the world around us. So the same way that we have spiritual, or sorry, um, physical hygiene, where we have to brush our teeth every day and take showers, hopefully, <laughs> uh, there, there's an element of that, too, that we should be doing as well within our spiritual nature, too, that also reflects our uh, emotional nature, our, our, our mental health nature. It has a it has this domino effect around us, actually, when we give it credence and when we give it an opportunity. And once we once we practice and once we give something that that opportunity and that invitation daily, it begins to grow stronger. It begins to take on a, lot, a life of its own. And we feel as a result of that more connected, more inspired and ultimately within our power, understanding that we are the ones creating the world around us. So. Every exercise that I have written about in soul searching takes the reader deeper within themselves, deeper within the understanding of what it means to vibrate energetically around them, and also deeper into the understanding that 
we each have our own universal support system around us. You know, we all came into this life with um with with a group of souls with our soul group that is here with us to help us make decisions on our path and it's one of those things too that you do have to give an invitation to you know um we live in this fast-paced society and world where everything is at our fingertips and it really is um ingrained into us that we are supposed to live from the outside in and that that way of thinking is not really it's not helping us survive at this point and i feel like as the world continues to shift massively which which it's going to do here which we've seen recently but we haven't seen what's about to happen and i feel like when people are able to understand their own connection to the universe to spirit, to themselves, to their higher self of knowing, then they'll be able to make decisions based upon that frequency and that feeling versus from a standpoint of um, fear and societal, you know, programming and standpoint. I've got a lot of questions, but uh, I can't let this one go. You said what's about to happen, and and you said it with a very knowing uh, sense. So um, what is about to happen? What, what were you referencing? Yeah, just on a, on a global level, um, you know, what, what we've experienced the past three, four years is all about human connection. And it's all about knowing that we don't have to physically be in the same space to connect with one another. And I really do feel that as time keeps moving forward, we are going to be in a situation where we're going to have to rely on that knowing of being remote with people, you know, and um, possibly not being as as physical um, as as time goes forward. And so I, I feel like we're about to be getting more universal cosmic tests from the universe about that way of life. And I do feel that in time, we're going to understand that we're all connected way more psychically, I'm going to use the word psychically um, and telepathically than we realize. And so if you think about it from the origins of our um, of where we've come from, you know, before there was a language, really, I believe that we had to use that frequency to communicate eons ago. And now we're just basically getting back in touch with what that frequency feels like. You've said frequency several times. So talk to us about that specifically. Absolutely. Um, and again, this is this is my um, not being a scientist approach to it, of course. Right? This is my more woo approach to it. But I I and this also goes back to my to my music training as well. But I um, I am of the mindset of everything has a vibration to it. And I, I really learned this really, really, really strongly when I was in music school because the tone of music has different vibrations, right? Low and high. And so um, I was able to understand what it meant to be vibrating low and what came with that territory of vibrating low and what came with the territory of raising the energy or raising the frequency of that vibration. And so what I came to terms with is that when we're human, we're in this human, this human experience. So we are supposed to have a balance between the lower space and the higher space. And we're always kind of figuring out how to maintain that duality. 
But when we're able to raise our frequency, raise our vibration to a place that's higher in nature, that's where we're able to connect the dots. That's when we're able to connect with spirit. That's when we're able to connect with, I'm going to say cosmic or divine information. But it's something that each person will will experience uniquely on their own. It's not a one-size-fits-all type of explanation. So this is the reason why soul-searching really does help the reader understand what works for someone may not work for the other, but each person has the opportunity to find that sweet spot of resonance. And when they find that sweet spot of resonance, it's it's pretty natural. And you feel, you know, um, you feel in the flow when you're in that space. But what I think people will begin to realize more and more is that the other side is not something far outside of ourselves. It's within ourselves and it's a natural part of who we are. And when we're able to understand our frequency on a different level and be able to have more of a um, control over it, maybe more of a, of a manipulation over our frequency, then we'll then we're able to reach that sweet spot. And then we're able to understand that we're here for a larger purpose. We're not just here, you know, to I always say to pay bills and die, so to speak. We're here for a bigger reason, you know. A lot of this is really fascinating to me. Uh, there were some really cool studies done. Uh, you could find these on YouTube where uh, they took different sound frequencies and they played them uh, to water. You know, they they were putting the sound through water and they were able to capture on video how different sounds, some positive and healthy, some negative, uh, changed the actual physical structure of the water. It actually physically created patterns. And, and I, I've heard of, uh, I've read a, a study that was kind of similar done many years ago where they would play different frequencies of music and sounds to plants. And uh, the plants thrived with positive and higher vibration frequencies and did poorly uh, with, with lower frequencies. So you're definitely onto something here, uh, Bill. So. Uh, I I love this, and you know, what I also love is that you the statement we're here for something, right? Uh, we're longing to know what that is, and it's it's not shocking to me that so many people today feel disconnected. There's so many people we're seeing it everywhere, right? They're they're burned out at work. They don't feel a sense of purpose. They're anxious, and and so you know, of course, big pharma is pushing everybody to to pop pills to deal with that. But I, I think you're right, is that, you know, we we as a society have moved so far away from each other. And, you know, you're talking to us about being connected in a very ancient but different way, which is amazing. Yes. And again, just kind of um, piggybacking off that statement, I, I really do feel that um, we're just basically getting more back to basics of, of our natural way of connecting. And, you know, um, I love what you said about, about the water and the language, because uh, it's the same thing with us as well. You know, we are the language with ourselves. And so if we are able to change the language with ourselves, and this goes down to something that could be seen as very trivial, like the music that we listen to as well what we're inputting into our subconscious and within to ourself, it has a very powerful effect on our orbit around us, you know? And so 
Um, this is why I live my life with intention and I live my life every morning having a strong intention and completely um, resetting the intention throughout my day because as a human being, you know, or being in this human experience and my soul coming in and recognizing, okay, we have to kind of lift us up again right now. Um, there's many people on the earth right now that are awakening to their own sensitivities and to their own empathy. And when you look at it from those um, terms, we're all connected and we all we all are capable of that connection. You know, I happen to feel very blessed that I had the courage to step out with this many years ago and trust, um, you know, trust spirit along my journey. But I feel like um, we, we're all capable of, of achieving that that connection. So. I want to bring this back to what you spoke about about 20 minutes ago. You were talking about hygiene, right? Like hopefully people take showers and hopefully they brush their teeth, comb their hair and do all the things they're supposed to do. And there's a spiritual hygiene as well. And so you're talking about things like this daily, you know, reset of your intentions and you clearly have a set of systems and practices that you've created. Uh, for those of us that may have uh, not the best spiritual hygiene, <laughs> so to speak, uh, could you give us a few a few things that we could do? Some of the things you talk about in the book, just kind of dip our toe in this pond here a little bit, and uh, you know, help us maybe reset that course a little bit. Absolutely. My first suggestion would to be to guide somebody to understand their energy and what that feels like first and so i would encourage them to spend maybe two minutes or so a day closing their eyes without any distractions put your phone in the other room turn off all the electronics you know and get a feel for what you feel just as you breathe in and you breathe out um eventually what happens because it's natural for us is that you will start to feel an energy source around you just by simply giving your attention to yourself, to your breath. That's the first thing. So there, there's this awareness element to it. Then I would then I would um, go a little bit deeper and um, I would guide somebody into just simply thinking of an intention or a mantra something to focus um, so that their, their rational mind isn't trying to take over. It's something about letting your spirit side, your intuitive side, gain more of, of the openness by kind of quieting down the rational side or the ego side of our being. So um, I would encourage somebody, here's a very, very simple um, technique. Once you get into that space, just focusing on a mantra and what's coming to me is something so universal, but love, right? And love is something that definitely heals all and um, connects us all. So focusing on that, getting, getting in tune with what their energy and what their frequency feels like, and then going a little bit deeper into it and really paying attention to what is going on in our minds. You know, our, our minds are chatty cathies every day. And so when we're able to understand and sort of um, redirect the thoughts in our head, that's when we're able to make the breakthroughs that we're wanting to achieve in our lives. And what I mean by that is 
It's as simple as someone calling it a goal. I might call it a manifestation, just different labels, you know, but um, we all have our own personal power. So if somebody can just get in, go inward, disconnect themselves from the outside world and focus on their light source, that's going to be the first step in developing their awareness of the other side and of their connection to it all. You know, it's interesting. You've talked about different labels, right? That we have different things to call these, call these like terms. One of the things I'm curious to get your opinion on, because uh, I, I know what some of the data suggests in terms of like what brain scans look like, but how do you, given the work that you do, differentiate prayer and, and med- a meditative state? They're, they're actually very similar. They're, they're very similar. And, you know, we may call that our prayer voice, you know. The thing about it is that it's not something separate from ourselves. It's so, it's so actually simple that we actually discount it more often than not. So um, I would say that the prayer is basically, you know, talking and meditation is listening. You know, it's just a two-way channel. So um, but they both are on the same level of, of frequency. And and again, they're very simple. They are part of who we are. So when someone goes, but I don't know how to pray, you know, it's just you can do it inside, out loud. You can just say, hey, whoever's there or higher or higher power, or whatever you want to label it as, you know, it's giving um, it's giving yourself permission to give something outside of yourself a heads up or a hello, you know, and um, that there's something very powerful in that because we're sort of ingrained to give our power away around us in life, you know, um, and, and not really hold it within ourselves. But once somebody understands their connection to it, whatever it they want to refer to it as, then they're able to gain back their personal power and they're able to understand more about why they're here. And, you know, the this guidance is something that will be unique to each person. But, you know, I, I, I know that we're all here for a more unique purpose. You know, for some of us, it's to help heal others. For some, it's to help teach others. Um, and so there, there's so many variables with, with our purpose of being here. But we're here for a reason. And when we tap into that higher way of living, and I can say this from my own perspective, too, because um, it took a lot of practice and a lot of soul searching for me to get there. Um, once I acknowledged and kept the consistency of that language within myself, life just showed up in a different way for me. Things looked more vivid. Um, there was more synchronicities in my everyday life. You know, there was more miracles in my everyday life. And because of that, there's also more excitement to live a new day as well. And I feel like people right now in this time, they need that excitement again. You know, they 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 need that 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 pin light of, you know, I'm here for a purpose and and, and I and I, I want to co-create and I and I want to achieve these things while I'm here. And so um I really hope that people connect with that excitement more as as time goes on. Fantastic stuff, Bill. I really love what you're doing. Uh, Our time together has flown by. And as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. And that is, 
What is your biggest helping that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? What's coming to me right now is gratitude is, I believe, the biggest helping because gratitude is something that we're all capable of doing. We 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 have to do it, you know, throughout our day when we say thank you for something. It might be, you know, going to the grocery store and thanking, you know, the, the clerk who helped us. But when we take that, when we take that power back into our own hands and we give it out to the universe, give it out to God, to spirit. Um, it automatically changes our perception and it automatically takes us out of more of this rational fear-based way of thinking. It pulls our awareness and allows us to be more unlimited with our thinking and with our belief system. So, and it's free and anybody can do it and it's simple. So I would say if you can just spend a couple moments a day of just focusing on your thank yous, there's a lot of potential for your life to be changed as a result of just that. Beautifully said. Bill, tell us where people can learn more about you online and get their hands on soul searching. Um, through my website. So my website is just billphillips.com. It's spelled with one L and two P's, or you'll have somebody else different. Um, <laughs> and I also am on social media as well. I do something called daily inspiration every day for my audience, my community. And on Facebook, it's going to be under Psychic Medium Bill Phillips, the same with Instagram, and they'll see a little blue check mark by my name. Perfect. And we'll have everything Bill Phillips with one L and two P's in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Richard. It was, it was an honor. Appreciate really. that. And I appreciate each and every one of you as well who took time out of your day to listen to this interview. If you like what you heard, if you're inspired, if you're excited, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find this show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post on your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. (laughs) 